Welcome to Leap Listens. I'm Sarah McGregor. And I'm Roger Kalis. Leap Listens is brought to you by Leap Create. We are a people communications agency and we work with organisations to help communicate their culture, to attract and recruit candidates and to engage and retain employees. Today we're joined by Kate Fenton, an internal comms specialist, and we're going to be talking about the highs and lows of internal comms. Welcome, Kate. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Right. So, Kate, tell us about your you and your background in internal comms. So, I've been in internal comms for about mm, about between thirteen and fifteen years, but really became a specialist after starting my career in marketing. So, kind of had that basis, that grounding of how marketing works, then particularly around um, PR and communications, and then really found my, I suppose, my niche in internal communications so that I can really work with, um, particularly with HR colleagues, really interested in that um, employee experience, engagement. And now more recently, I've moved into the strategy space as well, which I'm really thoroughly enjoying. So for me, it was kind of a calling, uh, I say sometimes, that it really kind of developed the passion that I had around marketing, but really f- with a people focus. Over the past few years, what have been your biggest challenges, but also your greatest achievements? Right. So I think most internal comms specialists would probably say COVID was a was a, one of the biggest oh. challenges yeah. over the past couple of years. And that was for many reasons. And we already saw a real push for timely communications prior to COVID, but that just absolutely increased. And then the better targeting of communications as well. It's something that I was really passionate about, making sure that people got the right messages at the right time. Um, But then obviously with the move to many people having to work from home, um, how you support those with the messaging. And then of course, like many uh, industries, uh, we had people that um, weren't able to work from home. They, they had to be out. Um, and so it's how do you then add that extra element of how you look after people and how you keep them safe. So a huge kind of challenging area, um, lots of work and lots of intense conversations that had to move really quickly. But again, I think a lot of people would reflect back and just say what an achievement that was like how you you just focus on what you needed to do um but i think other achievements for me is currently working with a great organization that has a real sense of culture um and that's not just driven by you know an internal comm specialist one person that's driven by everyone in the organization and so you i've we've started to work in that more agile type of way. And again, mm-hmm. COVID has enhanced that. So how do you look at making sure people are kind of in, embedded into the organization, they feel part of it. Um, and so for me, it's a real sense of achievement when we pulse survey um, our employees and they just say, you know, it just shows that they're truly engaged with the organization after what has been a really difficult couple of years. Yeah. And just quickly following up on that, what what have you found to be the most effective channels to communicate pe- with people? Yeah, I, I think um, it's all around technology, right? So currently I work for a company which um, uses Google 
rather than Microsoft. And they have just come on leaps and bounds through, it, through the pandemic and, and the last couple of years of just enhancing their technology. So making town halls, which used to be very complicated, very costly, really easy to do um, from a hybrid perspective, um, you know, in actual fact, I prefer to do them virtually because they are, you know, you're able to do them. You're able to provide that recording so much quicker than and previously. So we've done a lot more town halls because you were able to do them quickly. Um, I've also started to do a lot more um, video podcasting um, with leadership team members and on our strategy as well. So people can really see it being pieced together and having kind of authentic conversations. Um, and that's actually meant that um, due to the technology that people have, we've actually seen people develop their own kind of videos and podcasting. So user generated content has been shown um, to be really improved with the ability mm. that people have to their mobile phone devices. That's Sorry. fantastic. Yeah, we did toy with the idea, but Sarah said I, I'm not allowed on camera. <laughs> no. no, no, she shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, she didn't. She would never be that. Mean. She might have thought it. Funny, but it's, it's interesting because we've you know, spoken to a, a, you know quite a few internal comms experts and COVID is, a, you know, obviously a very low point for internal comms and it was so stressful the time but actually like you said what's come out of that has been a real positive and obviously now moving uh, online and everything is so much more digital and and that really caters then for those people that are hybrid working um, and working from home yeah it really does and I think it's something that people take should take forward with as well you know COVID brought many internal communicators to the forefront of their organization we shouldn't let that slip now. Yeah. So, um, for so many years, we've been played second fiddle to external communications, but actually you saw the the benefit that we can bring to an organization. And then, so how do we maintain that? Don't let it slip is my, is my point. Yeah, I really like the um, idea of the, the town halls and um, the podcast as well yeah, to engage yeah, with it, with your employees. It's a, it's a really great idea. So um, Kate, from your experience, what makes a, a company great to work for? Mm, the million dollar question, right? So <laughs> a million I dollars think, is a good answer. <laughs> yeah, a million dollars <laughs> salary would be nice. Um, I think it's authenticity. You know, and it takes you a while to kind of realize that when you, in, in internal communication, sometimes you feel as though the burden on the engagement is solely down to you. But if you have an authentic leadership team that actually prioritize their customers and their employees, look to the future long term, not just how can we um, kind of survive and what, what, what does that look like in the next 12 months? it kind of gives um, employees uh, a reason to believe. And so the engagement is authentic as well. And so I always have said, it, it's a difficult balancing act to be in internal communications because you're trying to be the bridge between leadership and employees and kind of trying to make everybody happy with what, what you say. So mm. you can feel the, the kind of pressure to that to a certain degree, particularly in challenging times. And obviously, 
COVID was a challenging time, but then that brings on the economic challenges as well. And we've seen so many businesses having to adapt, having to change, having to transform because of because of that. And that being, brings extra um, pressure as well. So I would always say, if you can find a company that you know you can kind of flourish in and it has the same uh, values as you as a person you will you, you will find that that kind of um that, that million dollar gold pot <laughs> there because that's how that's that's how you if you can engage and you can enjoy it as an internal comms professional then that's you can sense that within the organization obviously you know, we all have to, <laughs> we all have to work and we have to work in different organisations. And I think getting the experience from different types of industries is really key as well, because you can bring so many different ideas and experiences with you, but it's not kind of one size fits all for every no. organisation, has to be unique. And so um, I was, I read a quote the other day, um, which really kind of um, inspired me where it's, because I always think, is communication around talking or is it around listening? And this and this quote said, um, if you were meant to talk, you'd have two mouths and one ear. So it's obviously driving the fact that you're meant to listen. Um, and I think that's really important as part of communications is listening. Yeah, I seem to recall teachers saying something similar to me um, <laughs> when I was at school. Um, so it's a lovely quote. Though, it is a good quote. Yeah, so right. I was really like, yeah. yes, you're right. It yeah. is about listening. So you talked about authenticity and, um, you know, something that we hear about a lot. Sometimes you do have to deliver bad news. Sometimes it's not always something you put a great spin on. So when it comes to being authentic in your communication, how close to the truth do you get? Or are you looking for ways to say, well, how, how would people want to hear this? They might not like that news. Mm. Or do you just make everything as bald as possible? And this is, this is, these are the facts. This is what that means. Or mm. is there, is there ways that techniques that you use for kind of communicating to people when it's not always great news? I think it's always been something that I've been mindful of. I've worked for in organizations that's had to deliver difficult messaging over the years. So I've always said it's about consistency. So can you get a um, an approach that gives people the um, kind of the, the truth, as you said, obviously, but can you give them something that is stable? So I think they look for their organization or their employer to be stable, particularly in times of instability un outside of work. So I've always said to leadership teams, if you've got great news, keep it keep it realistic so that you haven't got this kind of um kind of roller coaster um of communication so that people don't feel that they're up here and then the next day they're let they're kind of let down by a difficult message so can you keep a consistency that is celebrates successes but is also truthful about challenges but i think then people go actually it goes back to the authenticity again of look they are telling us everything but it's kind of in moderation so that you can kind of people feel that they're, they're trusting in the organization of what they're telling them but it, it is a fine balance of having to bring all of that together I really love that idea of the 
consistency because yeah, i think there's a, i was listening to something the other day about like toxic positivity which and i think companies sometimes can rant a bit too much about their successes and like you say mm. and then they're probably quite silent when it comes to <laughs> something that's not gone quite so well so exactly. i really like the idea of yeah. being consistent. i do say to people all the time oh we want to start this you know we want to launch this and i'm like will you still want to do that if the messaging was reversed if the answer is no, then don't launch it in the first place or go back and think about how you're going to deliver it because you can't stop something. Once you launch something, you shouldn't stop it just because the messaging appears challenging. So always put them back in that frame of mind of mm. it's not always going to be the most exciting news to share. That's brilliant. Okay, so uh, what would you say, Kate, are the biggest challenges that internal comms specialists will be facing next year? And I suppose, again, it all depends on the organisation, the kind of, I think, the personalisation continues to be at the forefront of, of what internal comms is about. How do we make all of those messaging that needs to go out within an organisation really feel like it's personal to the individual? So segmentation, really getting that, because there is a lot to say, right? So not everyone needs everything at the same time. Um, again, making sure that we're kind of really close to the decision makers to the strategy to really understand where the business is going if you are too far away from those leadership or this and you don't necessarily have to report in but if you can get into where the information is being decided you're not then hearing it third fourth hand which means that your interpretation is much stronger to the actual decisions rather than interpretation um, but i think it's all around the multi-channel approach and we see that within marketing as well and external communications it's the same for internal not everyone um, engages with channels in the same way so how do you deliver communication that is effective um, on multiple channels to different audiences it is all about the comms planning and anyone that knows me well, no, that I'm a stickler for the comms planning. <laughs> I love the planning element to really understand what you're trying to achieve in the first place. I, I kind of a, a good communication um, program isn't delivered by just deciding, oh, it's going to be delivered in an email or put in a newsletter. What is the end result you're trying to deliver? What are the targets you're trying to achieve so that the internal comms specialist can understand what you're trying to achieve and then give you the best advice of how to deliver it. That's brilliant. Great advice. So um, how, do you, how do you ensure that people are communicating consistently across the business because obviously that is it is a real challenge and something that we've come across when working with mm. organizations um and also just ensuring that when people are communicating that they're, they're aligning to your values as a as an mm. organization um can that be the two million dollar question please? <laughs> <laughs> um it's I suppose it gets harder as we go, um, as it, the, the company grows, right? It's because you're then, I suppose, traditionally, we would have seen it as relying on middle management to deliver those messages. Um, and, you know, that that works to a certain degree. But at the end of the day, there's still people. People make decisions. You know, people aren't robots where we program them to, to say exactly what they were they were told by somebody else. So I think... A lot more organizations, including the one I work for now, is moving to a much more agile approach. So that's less hierarchy, 
more decision making at a, a more junior, perceived junior level, but it just gives everybody that kind of openness to what the organisation needs to achieve. And so I think when you get that, kind of that magic formula um, which I don't think you ever get to actually I think it's always a work in progress um, it's really important to say I think when you get that understanding or that mindset within people that kind of collective appreciation or ownership of decisions around the, the values of the organizations around how you do business around how you interact with each other mm-hmm. it just becomes the kind of DNA Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of cheesy words that I just said in there, but you can't, it's hard to kind of, um, until you see it, you don't realize it's happening until it's been happening for a while. And then you're like, yeah, actually, let's reflect back on how we used to make decisions or how we used to communicate or how we used to do business. Actually, let's just now look at how we do it now and see the benefits that that kind of less hierarchical approach could bring. Obviously, you still need guidance, you still need guardrails in business. Um, but I think if you've got the more people that build in and feel like they're part of the decision making, the strategy, the ongoing development of the organisation, that kind of mindset follows with that. And then you've really got people that are like, actually, I'm really invested in this organisation. I want to stay and see this through. I want to see where we go next. I'm not looking around to kind of move. And then you've kind of got that retention that Mm. most organizations are driving for at the moment as well. So it is, I think it's just human nature. Like you have to work with humans, you know. So every, you try different ways and see what fits for your organization. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. To summarize, um, I think, so what you said throughout the whole podcast and and we'll we'll wrap up soon because these are these are bite-sized podcasts but (laughs) from what I've um got from from speaking to you Kate is you know be authentic um be consistent in your your messaging um understand the outcomes and what you're trying to achieve but then also um be agile that's um they're the the key points that I've I've taken from today yeah Yeah. absolutely and it's just be how you want to be how you want to be treated treat others and let you know use it as a kind of a joint way of working that is respectful that's authentic it will deliver the results that, that you want brilliant and there is one final thing that we um like to do which is um we've been asking all guests in this series is your top read for the year, but that can also include audiobooks. Oh, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a massive fan of Squiggly Careers um, and their podcast as well, um, Amazing If. So I dip into their podcast all the time and I'm constantly dipping into, into their books as well. I think it's just inspiring, um, particularly for, you know, working women with who have mother and fathers have children as well like how do you balance everything and the way of working is different now you know for for a number of years i ran a, a magazine business on on the side of as work as well as working in my corporate business uh, company as well so i just think it's imagine how you want your life to be because you only have it once right yeah no we'll definitely i will check that one out yeah sounds good Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Kate. It's been really insightful. You've been brilliant. Thank you. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to our Leap Listens podcast. To hear from our other industry expert guests on a range of employer brand topics, check out our website leapcreate.co.uk or you can listen on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts. And of course, if you have any people communication or employer brand challenges you want to discuss, you can get in touch with me, Roger Kalis or Sarah McGregor on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening.